0: Transfer news! <claps> Unlikely! I, hey, that's not what I wrote. I don't really care. We're going with it now. All right! Soccer Today New bracket America! Soccer New America! America. Featuring a person do, 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 do. talking about soccer lots. Hello and welcome to Soccer Noob Rockin' America featuring Person Noob. Yeah, the theme song should give you a little bit of an idea of what you're in store for. This is the Daddy-Daughter Soccer Show you don't want to miss. Not if you like learning about football all over the world. Because we're going to be doing many previews of at least 10 of the most paramount, intriguing, and important matches from all over the world but that's as we define it. And that is more than a little different from the way everybody else does. We'll have some big European leagues and American tournaments and national team things that you would expect. But we are also going to preview some matches from the far-flung corners of the footy world that you may not catch on any other podcast. So I hope that you enjoy tuning in. Uh, We're also going to have my daughter in charge of uh, her own uh, couple of special segments in here. Hopefully we will hear from our in-house prognosticator. And I've started to include some of my own thoughts on uh, betting some of these matches. While I still maintain the moniker noob for branding purposes, I'll, I'll be real straightforward. For, uh, for about five weeks, I've been betting uh, fake money, noob bucks, which I know is not the same as regular currency, kind of putting together a test run, a short-term statistic. And you know what it turns out? pretty good nearly quadrupled my money over the last five weeks i wish i'd been using real spendable currency instead of new bucks we can only spend new bucks here between person noob and myself just you know uh, purchasing uh, or selling our turns for having to clean the you know the litter box downstairs or something All right, this particular week, we are going to be covering uh, matches as December gets going from uh, Friday the 1st through Thursday the 7th. So with no further ado, let's jump right in with... Match number 10. We're done. Finally! Let's count them down chronologically backwards this week. To that end, we'll even call this first one match number 10. You're going to be really surprised by some of the stuff that is not in here if you're a veteran footy fan, and then some of the things that we are including. But the reasons will become clear. Match number 10 is a Wednesday match from the Premier League in Africa of Benin. Yeah, they are ranked number 27 in the African Confederation. That is the lowest of the leagues that get ranked. I want to say they have somewhere in the mid or high 40s number of league associations, and they only rank roughly the top 60%. So while this is the last place one of those, hey, they are getting a ranking. Also, Benin has what I believe to be the largest Premier League in the world. They start off with a full regular season double round robin, even though they are four groups of nine each, Yeah, and then the top four from each of those groups will make a championship round where they're playing either a single or a double round robin as well, I believe is a single. Very long season. They're about halfway through the regular season. Uh, the best two teams in Group D, the ones we're going to look at, we are using automatically by rule because we love to talk about number one versus B matchups when they are tied on points and they are talking about number one Map versus number B Iemma in group D now Iemma actually lead by one on goal differential and when they played earlier in this uh, regular season at Iemma's place they just played to a nil nil draw was all and Iemma actually have more goals scored which is often a tie breaker as well. So I'm not sure why I am isn't listed as number one. Either way, with half a season to go. I'm sure these things will sort themselves out. It's Benin. I don't have a lot on either of these, but let's get into it. Okay, uh map. First of all, that seems to be the name of a company located there, and I usually see it in all caps, so it might even be an acronym. Uh, they play in the Capital City, as do so many teams there, of uh, Porto Novo. Last year they finished in sixth place in their group in the regular season. This year it is the offense where they are getting it done, or excuse me, the defense. They're giving up just over a half a goal per match on average, and that is good for second best in the group they also have the second best goal differential uh, of note this appears to be the most defensively oriented of the four groups collectively uh, team's current form they are 2-1 and 0 oh in their last 3 which is a 2 versus 0 goal differential told you it was a lot of defense and now ayama that word means something like leader or ruler in arabic which sounds like it could be used for a soccer club i Never found any direct evidence that there uh, wasn't perhaps some other reason that that is the name of this club. It's my best guess. Could be a company that is named Iama after that word and that sponsors it. They are also out of Portonova. And last season, they won this regular season group. Went on to the Champions Round and finished in third place. Not good enough for an international berth, but very good just the same. They actually finished a full 14 points behind uh, the championship rounds. Winners, uh, Cotone Sport, uh, the, the top two teams in the championship round. There was a big gap between them and everybody else. Teams current form, they are 5-1-0 in their last six and have not allowed a single goal over that stretch. Match number nine. Match number nine is a Wednesday match, and it comes to us from the CONCACAF Caribbean Cup. They have reached their final second leg of the home-and-away two-legged tie. The winners of this are going to get to go on to the CONCACAF Champions Cup, formerly Champions League, round of 16. Uh, The loser of this one and the winner of the bronze medal match will also both get to go, but they will have to start a round earlier, round one. Your matchup, it is Cavalier out of Jamaica versus Robin Hood out of Suriname. And it is Robin Hood that won the first leg one to nil. But that's all you're going to get out of us for this particular one because Noob Uh, My tumbly is starting to get a little rumbly earlier in the podcast. Perhaps I have not had enough to eat today, but this is the time we're going to take a culture break. And a culture break around here usually means something food-oriented from where the match is being held, and that holds true today. We're going to learn about the ackee fruit. It is the national fruit of Jamaica. It is also a key part of the national dish that is ackee and saltfish. Now, ackee, interestingly, is a savory fruit i'll be honest i don't think i would like it i like tart i like sweet but something about the texture of a fruit and the fact that it would taste like scrambled eggs from what i've read seems a little bit weird for me now i'm adventurous i'll try anything at least once it was a national dish if that many people like it well it's got to be good with saltfish at the very least now if you're not familiar with ackee in this country that is because perhaps it is illegal to import it at least in its fresh state into the u.s because of toxicity when the fruit is unripe. Now, you can find it in the U.S. in canned form, however, because then it's okay. As it ripens, basically, the seeds are like a sink and they convert the toxin into something else, a different type of chemical from the same family, but isn't poisonous anymore. This is a really common food for breakfast in Jamaica. You'll often find it served with a fried breadfruit, which might sound sweet, but once again, it's also a savory, or you might find it then or other types of day, times of day with dumplings or with vegetables. Uh, a couple of commercial uses. It is used for fish poison. Also, the flowers are used for decoration or the chemicals in those uh, are often used to make cologne. And the wood uh, from the tree from which this tree, uh, this fruit comes is incredibly durable. It gets used in like canoes and paddles and a variety of other things. It's a really durable heartwood. So... Now, you might have come for the soccer, but you learned about Jamaica's national fruit. You know a little more than you did before or something. Match number eight. Our rather, a Tuesday match takes us back to Africa, but we slide on over to the women's side of things for a big tournament. The AFCON, this is their Continental Championships from the national teams. It's actually their qualification event, the second of two qualifying rounds. This is the second match of the home and away two-legged tie. Now, give you a little bit bigger picture, 11 teams are going to advance out of this round. There's 11 total matches being played. They will join Morocco to round out a full 12 for the event proper and knockout stage. Best looking matchup to us looked like Botswana versus Kenya. These two are seated right next to each other. Leg one, it was uh, Botswana earned a tie on the road 1-1. Now, let's talk about them first as hosts this time. The Mares or the Zebras, a couple of nicknames. They are fairly young by women's national team standards, uh, played their first-ever match in 2002. FIFA rank number 150, highest they've ever been. Wasn't very long after they were... Uh, formed, essentially. Uh, 2003, they were ranked number 102. They were seated number 29 in this event, so well in the bottom half. Never qualified for a World Cup, and in fact, their first ever AFCON proper that they qualified for was the last one, 2022. And while they didn't advance uh, past the beginning stage of that, they did get a win. 1-0-3 was their record. Regionally, they've done better. 2020, in fact, they finished runners-up in Kosafa. I believe that's the Southern African uh, football sub-confederation, essentially. They were runners-up in that. In this event, oh, they didn't have too much trouble in the first qualifying round. They beat Gabon 10-1 to on aggregate in the home and away. Wow. Key player to look for, top 10 in event scoring with four, is Guyuni uh, Aunt Lametse. I can't believe I made it that through that whole thing with that one stumble, and that's even if I got it right to begin with. Ha. Team's current form? Well, before their leg one tie, this team had lost both of their recent Olympic qualifying matches, so they're bouncing back some. All right, and now Kenya. This is a team with a lot more experience historically. They were founded in 1985, when a lot of countries around the world didn't have a women's national team at all. Uh, Their FIFA ranking is number 147. Highest they ever achieved was in 2018, just outside the top 100 and number 108. They, too, have never qualified for a World Cup. The only AFCON they ever qualified for was in 2016, and they went 0-0-3. However, in 2019, they did win their sub-region, which is in Central Africa, the Sakafa sub-confederation. Interestingly, the 2021 event of that was canceled, so they didn't get any experience there. And then they were banned for the next one, and that was because not of anything the gals did, but uh, their whole FA, I believe, was suspended, probably due to outside interference. They were seeded number 28 coming into this event, and wow, did they get an upset in the first qualifying round. I don't think anybody saw them getting past number five-seeded Cameroon, but they did just that. one one on aggregate over the two matches and then beat them four-three on penalty kicks. They are captained by Mwanalina Adam. She is a forward who plays for a Turkish club, uh, Hagarigusu Sport. Uh teams current form, well, they haven't played any matches this year outside of this event, so you know just how they've done. Match number seven. The first of our Tuesday matches, match seven, lucky number, is for the title in the CONCACAF Central American Cup, second leg of the home and away two-legged tie. The winner is going to get to go on to the CONCACAF Champions Cup round of 16. Uh, Numbers B through six. Yeah, five more teams will get to go to the event as well, but start in the first qualifying round. Yeah, that's a lot more than get to go out of the Caribbean region, but the Central American Sub-Confederation is considered stronger. So there you go. Your finalists' strength personified out of Alajuelense from Costa Rica, playing host here in the second leg to Real Esteli from Nicaragua. Alajuelense, they won the first leg 0-3, so the Nicaraguans, even at home, have a very tough road to climb. Series between these two, Alajuelense have had the best of it. Uh, 4 0 0. Perfect record. You can see how this one's going to go. See if there will be a miraculous comeback. 11 o'clock Eastern Time, Fox Soccer Plus or VIX Streaming, the two places you can catch it. Started to do bets, noob likes. I do not like this one because of the big lead. Real Esteli, Uh, they could push, probably not get a win, but who knows what. Well, they could get a win if they push hard, but Alajuelense might just be playing for a draw or a low scoring loss, who knows, wouldn't bet this one. All right. Alajuela, that is where the football team is from. That is part of the greater metro area of the San Jose capital city, central part of the country, about 45,000 people. Uh, Historically, agriculturally a center and still is. But now there's a lot of light industrial going on, including very specifically a ton of medical device production. Kind of interesting. Uh, Less interesting. They are known as the Lions. Uh, I say that because, boo, every third club is the Lions. Nothing interesting or appropriate about that at all. Let's be original. All right. Their FIFA rank uh, just outside the top 50 missed that by one. They are seated fourth in this particular event. Uh, They have won two CONCACAF Championship uh, Champions Cup titles in the past. 2004 was the most recent one. The most recent Champions Cup, the one that finished up this year, they made the round of 16. They've also won one CONCACAF League title. That is the event that is now, uh, that and the Caribbean Club Club Cup are now replaced by this event. And they won that title in 2020. They qualified as the third of the four teams that got in from the Costa Rican top flight. They advanced to the final over Herediano 4-4 on aggregate between the two matches and then 5-4 on penalty kicks. Key player to look for, in our opinion, tied for number three in events, scoring with four, Aaron Suarez, attacking midfielder just 21 years old. But no, make no mistake, he's got experience. Nine national team appearances already. Now, I mentioned the Primera División that they are a part of. That is the fourth-ranked league in all of CONCACAF. That's why they get four in this particular event, four berths, because they're one of the top two in that region. They just finished the 2023-24 Apertura stage, and they finished in second place. Uh, Now, they were in second, and yet their offense, defense, and overall goal differential was actually third. I think their offense is where their bread gets buttered most, though. They get almost two goals per match. Another key player to look for, from league play anyway, on the scoring leaderboard with seven on the stage, was Johan uh, Venegas, a striker, veteran, 35 years old, who has done his time as well in Major League Soccer. Yes, Minnesota fans, you got it, and Montreal as well. Team's current form, uh, they lost their last two league matches and uh, giving up a lot on the defensive and Three versus seven goal differential and now Real Esteli. Uh, They are named for the town out of which they hail, which is just the eighth biggest in the country, 110,000 plus there. It's in the northwest part of the country, gorgeous, surrounded by mountains. And I suspect that train has to do with why uh, maybe the best athletic team out of this area is their bicycling team. Yeah, one of the best in Central America. They are known as the Train of the North, based on their uh, geography, as you would imagine. Uh, They are FIFA ranked number 156, seeded just 17,000 of the 20 in this event. I believe four different times they've made the group stage of the CONCACAF Champions Cup. They made the quarterfinals in 2021, best they've ever done. They also got that far in the 2020 CONCACAF League. Nicaragua uh, Nicaragua's one of the weaker teams in Central America, or uh, weaker countries, I should say. They only get two berths into this event. They got the first of those, though, because this year, normally it's a three-team battle, and yet they won both of the stages in the 2022-23 season, Apatura and Clausura. They got something of an upset in getting to this far. They advanced over Independiente last round out of Panama, 3-2 on aggregate. And then speaking of their league, the 2023-24 season, the Apertura just ended as far as the regular season. And they uh, they won that and they had the number one defense or offense, excuse me, with uh, two plus goals per match. Also the number one defense, number one goal differential by a factor of four. They were really the best uh, last year and this year so far. Key player to look for from League Action Top 10 scorer with five was Byron Bonilla. Team's current form, well, that leg one loss snapped a dominating 10-match unbeaten streak in their home country. Match number six. For our final match on Monday. We swing on over to Asia where they are in the Champions League and it is the group stage where there are five groups of four in a double round robin. The winners of each will advance as well as the best three number two finishers from both the east and west regions of the tournament. This is the last match and uh, the matchup that looked the most interesting to us. A lot of things have really already been decided in Asia at this point. Number one Idahad of South uh, or not, excuse me, not South Africa. That's the wrong essay. Saudi Arabia Arabia. That sounds more Asian. Versus number B, Sepahan out of Iran. Now, Ida had already leads Sepahan by two. And uh, number three, Al Jawaya have to make up three points and eight on goal differential. Just to have a shot to move ahead of Sepahan as things stand right now. So, because things seem pretty set at this particular stage of the tournament, what a great time for us to take a break for a segment that is near and dear to my daughter's heart. And that is, unfortunately, she's not here to sing it with me. Aminos, Aminals, aminals from around the world. As you can hear, it really doesn't have a melody, whether it is one or both of us. That is the same every week, but we still enjoy it. She has been uh, so busy with uh, sports and music and everything. Now that she started middle school, it's a little harder to pin her down. So I am going to take over for this particular segment, but she did pick the animal that is not endemic purely to Saudi Arabia, but that is on the western edge of their range. She found an endangered animal called the dugong. Yeah, If you're thinking of manatee, you are absolutely right. It is a sirenian, and basically it means it's part of the sea cow family, of which there are only four extant species. Uh, It's closely related, as I mentioned, to manatees. And interesting side note, they are more closely related to elephants than they actually are other aquatic uh, animals. Uh, It's a particularly vulnerable animal because, in part, of the fact that it lives so long, up to 70 years, but it has a slow rate of reproduction. As far as how it looks, it's very interesting. It's got no dorsal or back fin does this kind of sea cow or hind limbs. It's actually thought in some places this may be where the idea of a mermaid came from because it has that kind of tail you can imagine. It has no pinnae, which are the outside part of your ears, like have your earlobes, for example, and its nostrils are on top of its head. Strange sounding indeed. It's also got limited vision, but it hears very, very well. And uh, also another fun fact about them, they have the densest, heaviest bones in the animal kingdom. Uh, this uh, buoyancy level allows them to uh, sort of skirt afloat uh, float just below the surface of the water whenever they want. Uh, these guys usually get up to just under 10 feet long. Uh, you'll usually find they're about 900 pounds. Uh, around Australia is actually where they're probably most common now, but they've got a number of different areas in their range that are all broken up. As I mentioned, Saudi Arabia is on the western edge. That's probably where the second largest population of these are. Uh, In Arabia the uh, tusks were used as material centuries ago for sword handles. There's been lots of different reasons. They've been hunted in lots of distant areas but that is particular to this particular part of uh, their range. It feeds almost exclusively on seagrass. There are a few little invertebrates that will go out of its way to eat but nothing major. Jellyfish and the like. Uh, Because of that it mostly eats in places like bays where the water is wide and shallow. That's where the seagrass Tends to grow And because they're so big They're very social animals But you don't tend to find one More than one or two in a place Perhaps a, uh, a male and a female Who have uh, mated together Because they eat so darn much food They each need a lot of space uh, In addition, I mentioned to the uh, Tusk material being used for sword handles It's largely been hunted for centuries For its meat and oil Although that is taboo Other places like in China Where there's a lot of uh, culture and folklore Surrounding Uh, the look of this thing. Again, see that uh, mermaid idea we threw out there before. So really these days the modern threats are getting tangled up in giant commercial fishing nets uh, and uh, habitat degradation. Hunting is probably in there as well, but maybe not quite to the same degree. Thankfully, it's illegal in something like roughly 30 countries to hunt these things and there are a lot of organizations and governmental work being done to help produce this uh, unwieldy looking and perhaps even unsightly and yet in its own way so adorable sea cow of an animal that we know and love as the dugong so once again thank you person very much for choosing the animal and hopefully we can get you on to uh, run this segment like you usually do in episode 165 Doesn't seem to matter that we are doing things chronologically backward this week. Nothing throws off those hungry felines they crave. A recap of last week's matches. Let's give it to them. Last week's Saturdays, match number one was from the Venezuelan Primera División. Number one, uh, Deportivo uh, Tachira took on number B Caracas, and the result was a 1-1 draw. And then uh, Tachira, they won 4-1 on penalty kicks. So congratulations to the national champions down there. Match number G, uh, B, rather, from the English Premier League. Number one, Man City, took on number two, Liverpool. They played to a one-one draw. Their superstar uh, Erling Harlan had a goal. Jeremy Doku was the player of the match, according to the FOTMOB application. I like. He was twelve out of fifteen on dribbles, created four chances, had a great game. Uh, Liverpool, uh, Salah, who we mentioned, had an assist. No surprise there. This actually knocked Man City down to number B, and Liverpool down to number number three in the table. Arsenal got a win and overtook them. Match number three from Lithuania's A-League at the top right there. Qualification final, second leg of the home and away. Two-legged tie. Uh, ninth place Jugas from the top flight. They will get to stay in the top flight. They top uh, second flight number B finishers from the regular season. BE1 NFK by a score of 1-0. Match number four from the Chinese FA Cup final. Shanghai Shenhua and Shandong Tai Shan played in a neutral site and it was Shenhua getting the one nil win for them. Ibrahim Amadou that we mentioned uh, did in fact get a yellow card. We said he was rough and he sure is, but it was actually Jan Zingley that got consecutive yellow cards in the 88th minute for them. Got himself thrown out of the game. Turns into a red card and that was really, really dangerous to do in such a big trophy match. Sunday, match number five, our feature MLS match game of the week. Uh, they had a quarterfinal. We had a quarterfinal matchup rather between number four from West Houston and number eight uh, Kansas City. Houston got the one win. Their Mexican superstar, Hector Herrera, he had yet another 6. Match number 6 from the Copa Peru. This is the top amateur uh, event down there to determine who gets to climb up into the professional rank. San Marcos uh, took on a club called ADA and it was ADA that got the win 1-3. to three. Congratulations from them. You're going to get paid, guys. Match number 7, It's Italy's Serie A, number B, Juventus played host to number 1 Inter Milan and it was a 1-1 draw. For Milan, the stars came out to play La Tara Martinez had a goal and Marcus Thuram had the assist. No change in the table there. Match number eight, the New Zealand National League final. Number one, Wellington Olympic took on number B, Auckland City and it was getting revenge from last year's regular season and postseason losses. Wellington Olympic coming out on top 2-0. Congratulations. Good luck to both as though we'll be entering the OFC Champions League actually. Monday, match number nine from the Liga MX Femminile Apertura Playoff Final. Second leg of the home and away two-legged tie between UANL and America. This match, the second one was a 0-0, which means UANL win the title by virtue of their uh, 0-3 win on the road in the first match. Congratulations and hail to the champions. Wednesday, match number 10 for the Kaka Kef Women's Gold Cup qualification event. Number three in their group, Antigua and Barbuda, took on number B, Suriname. Suriname got the road win, 0-1. Uh, that means that uh, Antigua and Barbuda have been eliminated with a match to go in the group stage. And now, your three bonus matches with explanations coming later. First, uh, your route of the week was a Wednesday match from Brazil's Serie A. We picked number one, Palmeiras, taking on last place, number 20, America MG, and it was Paul Palmeiras. Yeah, they lived up to the hype, got a 4-0 bomb dropped. Uh, and then your uh, most meaningless match was a Tuesday match from Albania. The top flight there is the Categoria Superior, and it was number five, Kukeshi, taking on number six, Shkendribo. They played to a 2-2 draw. Uh, because of this and the result of some matches that got played between when I scouted it and when all this wrapped up Uh, Shkendia are actually up to number four now and Kokeshi are all the way down to number nine and now finally your most disappointed match Uh, it was a Saturday match from the Premier League in Lesotho. last place number 16 CCX took on number 15 Naughty Boys and it was the Boys of Naughtiness getting a nil one win despite the fact that they don't spell boys with a Z on the end still very disappointing to me as both teams are to all of us no change of the table there that concludes your recap of last week's matches now let's get back into tracking the upcoming week's matches with... Match number five. The first of our two Monday matches, number five. Sure, it's arguable whether or not this is one of the quote-unquote most important matches in the world, but it's important to people over in England because of the event and what it represents in some regard. We are talking about the FA Cup over in England, where teams from all the way down at the 10th level of their pyramid get to participate. Uh, They've gotten through the qualifying rounds. They're already in the second round of the event proper, and we are always looking to do what they call minnow watching. So we're going to look... Look at the only Tier 8 group left alive. There is no lower, quote-unquote, seed left in the entire thing. The draws are random, though, not by seeding. So the matchup we're going to get is number AFC Wimbledon versus your eighth-tier representative, Ramsgate. Ramsgate. Uh, Bet Noob Likes. If you must bet this, I suppose bet Wimbledon, but you're going to have to probably pay something like minus 525. Uh, If you're going to make a play on Ramsgate following the spirit of the podcast, you're only going to get plus plus 1,000. And I'm not sure their odds of winning are that good, but it is still a great time to see who can pull it off for these miracle runs. All right, first let's get to know our hosts a little bit, AFC Wimbledon. Uh, They were founded in 2002. They're located in southwest London. They are known as the Dons and the Wombles, which I really love. If you're not familiar with at this side of the pond, don't worry, neither was I. The Wombles, I'll read a description. Any of a group of imaginary animals with long fur and long noses, they live underground in a large London park. And at night, they come out... To collect the rubbish that people have left behind, <laughs> they were invented by the children's writer Elizabeth Beresford in her book, The Wombles, which was from back in the 60s, uh, became very popular when it also became a children's television series uh, that was broadcast in the 1970s. Now, they play in the fourth tier, and that is called League Two over there. They entered this event in the first round, proper since they're a fully professional team. They defeated League One's Cheltenham Town in a route 5-1 to one in the first round. Uh, currently in their League of 24 teams, League Two, they are in 10th place. Uh, they finished in just 21st place last year, so this is a team on the climb. Uh, Now, they've played a little bit of a different number of games than some of the other teams that are still alive in the Cup. So the best thing to look at is goal differential. They're actually tied for number six in that regard. So in my mind, they're even better than a slightly above average team. They are a far more defensively oriented team when they play in league. That doesn't necessarily mean they'll play that way here. And by the way, you should be able to find a stream of this. I believe it's called IRTV from over in England. They get to designate one or two uh, matches from this event every round for televising like that. Uh, this is the first team, by the way, Benatrivia, that was ever founded in the 21st century that has made the EFL or the top four flights within England. All right, and now the stars of this particular uh, match, Ramsgate. That is a town on the southeast tip of the country in historical Kent County. About 40,000 people there, known for fishing and tourism. But you might know it best, Geography Nerds, uh, as the city in England that is closest to continental Europe. Uh, There are deep tunnels that have been dug there, and some of them are available as, again, part of the tourism from the uh, World War II area, because this is a big troop movement and evacuation kind of area. The club was originally founded uh, back in 1945, although the first iteration of the club in Ramsgate was really in 1886. They had to start all the way back in the preliminary round, so I believe they had to survive five qualifying rounds just to get to the first round proper. The league that they play out of is the Isthmian League, uh, the Southeast Division, not even the top division within that league. They are currently, though, in first Place. They have the second best offense in that league, uh, although they're distant to somebody else. Um, But they have the number one defense, hence why they are leading that league. Uh, They advanced to this round uh, with an upset last round over the National League or Tier 5 level club, Woking. It looks like in 2005, 2006, the names of these leagues changed so often. They may have reached level six then, and the best, uh, and they won the Isthmian First Division, I believe, to get there. So go fight, win Ramsgate. Match Match number four. four match number four is the one that's going to round out your weekend. We're headed to South Korea's K-League 1, which is the number three ranked league in all of Asia. As they stand, they're going to get two teams into the Champions League group stage, another one to a qualifying stage, and then yet another one to the group stage of what uh, starting next year will be called Champions League 2, currently called AFC Cup. Just know that it's the equivalent of the Europa League, second best international club tournament. Uh, they're getting one more berth than they normally would right now because Pohang Steelers, they want the FA Cup and they're the team that's going to finish in second so that created an extra berth for somebody a little bit further down your matchup here in the last match of the season for everybody is number three Guangzhou versus the aforementioned Pohang Steelers second place uh, let's see Guangzhou they lead number four Jean Buc, very powerful team by just one point although Jean Buc have a tough uh, matchup they're traveling to number one Ulsan But Usan have already wrapped up the league, so it may not be that they're playing all their starters. It'll be fun to see how both of these turn out with not much at stake for the top two. Uh, Because of that, while I've been trying to mention some odds here and there throughout, I would say stay away from this one. I just, uh, Guangzhou is not a more recent power. Pohang Steelers are the better team, but they're not... Uh, potentially is motivated for this one. I just don't trust it. You've got a whole world of football to choose from. Stay away from this one. All right. That all said, uh, Guangzhou, named for the city out of which they play. Sixth biggest in the country, one and a half million people. Southwest Jiola region of the country, very agriculturally oriented, and because of the that and the varied terrain, very known for diverse cuisine. Mm. Of course, it seems like the whole country is full of really diverse and uh, you know delicious cuisine from what I've read, even more so than other countries got to get there club is a young one founded in 2010 they are very much a yo-yo club last year they won the k-league 2 and got re-promoted to the top flight for the fourth time in their young history 2020 they finished number six here in the top flight best they've ever done this year offense was good defense was better Uh, they were uh, one of a couple of clubs giving up less than one goal per match Key players to look for. Team MVP, at least if you follow uh, the foot mob application like I do, would be their number two league leader. Whoops. <laughs> Oh, it's been a while since I've done that. I'm so uncouth. Number B league leader in assists with seven was Hyun Suk Doo. Plays right back for them. And then a guy that I'm sure I would love to watch if I can find a stream of this. I always love looking for players who are really, really physical. Number one in yellow cards on the year with the only one in double digits with 10 was Sun Min Lee. Central midfielder, 2023 all-star. So certainly more than an an enforcer. Only one goal, one assist on the season. But, you know, loads of touches was good in most of his other stats, as you would imagine. Team's current form, 0 1 and 2 in their last three. Now, Pohang Steelers. Uh, Pohang, by the way, is an east-central uh, port city. Uh, has maybe half a million people is all. A lot of fishing to go with their tourism there. And one of the local specialties is a piece of nightmare fuel called the hagfish. I looked it up, and it is the only known fish in the world to have a skull but no vertebral column. Yeah, it's hideous, and the next time I see a picture of it, I may weep like a small child. All things are possible. Club Little Older, founded in 1973. They have won five league titles. Most recent one was a decade ago. Three Champions League titles, including one this century, 2009. And then that same year, they finished in third place in the FIFA Club World Cup, which is a really big deal because that's always dominated nearly by Europe. And then when it's not, it is typically South America Uh, South American clubs winning it last year. This team also finished in second place Uh, this year despite the fact that they weren't even managing a goal and a half per match, it was actually second best in this league. Goals really came at a premium. Key players to look for, uh, number one in league assists with eight, was Song Dong Baik, left winger, and then second best in the league in goals plus assists with 19, 12 goals, seven assists, the singularly named Zeka out of Brazil, their striker, who was also an all-star this year, as you would imagine. But their team MVP, in my opinion, was Oberdan, their other Brazilian defensive mid Midfielder. Also had a goal and two assists. Loads of interceptions. This is a guy who really understands the game. And he had a, he was a very good dribbler and had a lot of tackles as well. Teams current form 2-1-0 oh in their last three. They're currently fighting in the uh, Champions League group stage. But they've already qualified for the knockout stage. So I really don't get a sense of whether or not uh, they may be starting a lot of starters or not giving guys that would normally get 90 minutes or close to it full, which is a uh, full match match, which is once again why I would stay away from this one from a gambling standpoint. Match number three. More Sunday action and another instance of if it is tied at the top, it is going to be on this show, given that it's a top-fly league. And in this instance, we are going to North Macedonia over in Europe. Don't blame me if you don't know too much about the first league over there. After all, it is only ranked number 50 out of the 55 leagues, fairly small country. Still, their champion will get to go to the Champions League. They will also send a team to the first uh, qualifying round of the Europa Conference League, maybe even two, can't remember for sure. And they're almost halfway through the season there. Uh, your teams, these are fun ones for me to sh- for me to say. I almost said Shea. You'll find out why in a moment. These are fun ones to say because the matchup is number one, Scoopy versus number B, Shkendia. Scoopy lead skindia by one on goal differential uh the lead uh they lead number three struga by two points and nobody else is close it's very much looking like this is going to be a three horse race so um taking a look at the odds uh, let's see bet noob likes well the line looks like it's going to be uh minus 102 200 and 250 i say stay away from this particular one if you must bet bet on the away team shkendia they've got the historical advantage between these two but i would make it a small bet Based on what I know, but based on what we're about to learn that could change all of our minds, we're going to give it a go with our in-house prognosticator, 3,500-year-old Noob Shradamus here with another dreg-aided or drug-addled, depending on how you want to look at it. Crazy vision. We might even learn something on the way. Take it away, oh mighty soothsayer. such a small country we couldn't even get a signal from him there but you know what i think i actually recognize that music at least we got to hear a little bit of this year's north macedonian uh entrant tamara gruyeska with her song some of her song uh kaji mi, uh kaji me koi i have no idea what that translates to because i'm trying to learn the whole world at once hopefully we can touch base with noobster damas for another vision uh next week Match number B. That's right, daughter, dearest. Match number B because number two is bathroom talk. Make no mistake; you should consider joining us in our revolution to replace that phrase in your life. Listen to it in action. Match number B, the first of our Sunday matches, and it is a trophy match Dun, da, da, from Mexico's Liga de Expansión. That is the second division in Mexico, right behind Liga MX. They have just ended their Apertura stage regular season, made their way through uh, most of the playoffs. Now they have reached the final second leg of the home-and-away two-legged tie, Cancun versus Atlante. Uh, the first leg at Atlante was a nil-nil draw, so advantage to the much newer club, Cancun. But they're not a real big surprise. They did win nil-one at Atlante earlier this stage. Series between these two has gone uh, more to the traditional power of the league in the much older club, Atlante. They've earned a 5-2-2 two, two record in recent years. You can catch this one 5 o'clock Eastern Time in the U.S. Sunday late afternoon on Vi. Streaming. Before we get into the preview, I'll tell you how I would bet it. The bet noob likes. I like Cancun for this one. Normally, I like the historical powers, but they're in really good form right now, and I will get into this a little bit more with the preview, but I'm recommending two different possible bets. Uh, first of all, you can get minus 130 if you go with Cancun uh, for a uh, win and then a draw no bet. That's on a two-way line if you're looking on any major American betting site. Um, I'm going to bet this one uh, fairly large on my noob bucks right now, not doing real money yet on the 130. You might also consider throwing a small dart on Cancun just to win straight out in 90 minutes. You're going to get plus 170 on that, so one could be a really nice hedge for the other. All right, Cancun, they are known as the Iguanas. Well, that's all I need to know. It's right on their crest. Makes that one of my favorite teams ever already. The club was founded in 2020. Uh, Here's some of the history. uh, Cafetalera. de Chiapas moved here in that year. There is now a third-tier club that retains that name back in Chiapas. Uh, It looks like this all got started when uh, Atlante actually moved from Cancun to Mexico City, uh, which uh, prompted Cafeteros de Chiapas to move to Cancun at that time. So, a lot of moving around trying to get teams to be really, really stable for this second division. It's been very hard for Mexico to keep one economically viable. All right, back to the footy. 2022 Clausura stage, the last fully completed stage. They finished in just 15th place, did Cancun. They advanced to this final over number four seed, Zacatecas 3-3 on aggregate. And uh, they don't use away goals or penalty kicks. It is up to the team that is the lesser seed, which is the case of Zacatecas, uh, to win outright, or they don't get to advance. I'm not a big fan of that rule, though. Uh, let's see. They were, Cancun are the number one seed for this. They were number one in the regular season. They won it by one point over uh, UDG, which is Universidad Universidad de Guatemala. They were very well balanced this year. Uh, Offense was a little bit better than their defense. They were starting to flirt with two goals per match, tied for uh, third best in overall goal differential. They won the league uh, because they had the most wins. They only had one draw. So, you know, they had a, a loss or two more than a lot of people. They didn't drop a lot of points from draws. Key player to look for on the scoring leaderboard with five is Alfonso Tame. He is a right winger for them. Who has also been with League One sides Tigres and Puebla in the past. James current form: one, one and one. And now Atlante, the Iron Colts, founded all the way back in 1916. Check out this resume. Three Division I titles, whether it's been called Liga MX or uh, further back in the past. Three of those. Most recent one, though, the Apertura of the 2007 season. Uh, they've won two Division II titles, most recently the 2022 Apertura stage. Uh Two Division three titles, most recently 1990-1991, and two Champions League titles, most recently 2008-2009. This is one of those teams that I feel like should be in Liga MX and be one of the first teams to go back up once they start doing relegation and promotion there again as the second division becomes more financially stable. They even finished, by the way, fourth club, fourth place rather, at the FIFA Club World Cup in 2009. I bet they're the only non-division uh, one team that can say that anywhere in the world. They advanced to this final one four on aggregate over second seed, uh, Universidad de Guatemala. Or Guadalajara, rather, I should say. Uh, They finished three points behind Cancun in the regular season. Uh, They were a team that really played small ball. They only tied for number nine on offense, getting one and a quarter's goal per match and a little bit of change, but had the number one defense by a factor of two, only giving up a goal every other game on average. They were also tied for number three in overall goal differential. Uh, Key player to look for, uh, where they get (laughs) nearly half of their offense, Uh, top 10 scorer for them. Daniel Lahoud, he netted six on the stage. Plays central midfielder for them. Started his senior career with Monterey. We also have a USA connection here. I couldn't find too much on him quickly, but he could represent for the US. And that is Fabian Partida, plays midfielder. Teams current form: uh, their leg one draw snapped a three-match win streak. But I still say it is advantage Cancun here, and you know how I liked to bet that. Match number one. And now match number one, the last of our 10 matches before we get to the three super cool bonus matches is a really super cool one of its own accord. Our Major League Soccer Match of the Week. They are in the playoffs, have reached the conference finals. The champions will get to go on to the CONCACAF Champions Cup round of 16. Your matchup, uh, the better looking one of the two to us seem to be LAFC, number three out of the West versus number four, Houston. Nothing wrong with Cincy or Columbus. Uh, the, uh, the hell is real, Darby, as I like to call that one a great one as well but we're going with this one uh, because they it looks like it's going to be the more competitive of the two at least on paper based on seeding series between these two lafc have had the advantage with a 5-5-3 record in recent years but houston have had their way this year a no one win on the road and a 4-0 trouncing of the falcons at their own place uh let's see uh, bet noob likes i say bet uh, houston plus 400 on this one i I like LAFC to win, but I don't like them by nearly so much that a plus 400 is really spicy. Also, I wouldn't be afraid to put a bet on both to score minus 110. You can go the other way, though, and say that not both of them will score and get the same odds. All right, LAFC, they advanced to the final over number B, Seattle 0-1, and they are known unofficially as the Falcons, more officially as the Black and Goat, and we'll be hosting this at BMO Stadium in the Exhibition Park District of Southern LA. It has a capacity of twenty-two thousand uh, last year, uh, as I'm sure you know, this was these were your uh, defending champions. They won the Supporters' Shield both last year and in 2019 as well. 2020 and 23. They finished runners-up in the CONCACAF Champions Cup. Quite a resume. Alright, looking at this year in the Western Conference, they had the third-best offense, getting almost one and two-thirds goals per match. Defense was nearly as good. You combine the two, and they had the second-best overall goal differential. Key players to look for, number one league score. He a handful and then some 24 goals. Dennis Boenga, your golden boot winner out of Gabon, uh, with the uh, plays out of the left-winger position. He's also also tied for number 1 in playoff goals with 4. Natural as you would expect, he was a 2023 All-Star. Glad to have him over here. He had spent all of his previous career with teams essentially back home in France. Another key player to look for out of this team, and uh, an easy name for me to butcher because of the Z's, he's Polish. Uh, Second best in the league in possessions, one in the final third. That means that if they lose the ball, somebody gets a rebound. He is getting it back for you. Uh, That is Matusz Bogusz, again, from Poland, central midfielder, just 22 years old. He is here on loan from Leeds. Uh, not too many minutes his last two matches, uh, but the month before that, he had been a really big contributor for a few weeks. Uh, he's also got three goals and three assists. Teams screen formed they're unbeaten in their last six and have won three straight. And now visiting Houston, they advanced over number 8 upstart KC 1-0 and are the Orange Crush, La Naranja. Two league titles back-to-back in 2006-2007. They've been to the Champions Cup, as you would imagine, a few times. Semifinals is the best they've ever done. Last year, they didn't go anywhere nationally or internationally. Finished in 13th place in the West. This year, really, uh, really similar statistically to LAFC, just a little bit less on offense, a little bit better on defense, only giving up a touch over one goal per match. Key player to look for, uh, tied for second best in assistant league with 11, their Mexican veteran superstar, Hector Herrera, 2023 all-star, who was also second best in accurate total passes per 90 minutes. Everything runs through this guy. LAFC are going to focus on him, just you watch. And why not? The guy's got a good year resume. He's done some La Liga time, spent the heart of his career with Porto over in Portugal's top flight. And then you've got the veteran in the net, Steve Clark, 13 clean sheets. That was third best in the entire league. And then another really physical player tied for second best in yellow cards. Again, I just love it when I run across this stuff with a dozen of those on the air, Adalberto Carasquilla out of Panama. He is their central midfielder. He came over from a second division Spanish team called uh, Cartagena. Very good one, too. Just over 50 national team appearances back home in Panama. You got to love that kind of experience team's current form and this is why i'm betting on them they're unbeaten in their last nine ever since they beat miami in the mls open cup our fa cup they have not lost and uh before last match uh it is worth noting though they hadn't kept a clean sheet in six matches so a reason maybe not to uh, bet the house on it bring forth the bonus matches And the first is a first versus last place matchup from somewhere in the world that my daughter dramatically calls the... Route, 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 route of, 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 of the week, 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 week. Hey, she was eight. You know, a homemade sound effect like that is cool. Uh, let's see. We selected a Wednesday match for you back to uh, Benin. We go their Premier League to Group C this time. Number nine, Aziza versus number one, Aspak. I feel like I should say that differently. No person knew, but I won't explain why. It is an acronym, I assure you, A-S-P-A-C. All right. Uh, Aziza, your last place team in the group. They play out of the city of Kotono, which is in the southeast part of the country. The biggest city in the nation, 700,000, is a port city and a town that name. oh, it's so pastoral, the town name means by the river of death. Got to love Africa. Trade was really heavily affected uh, by piracy here uh, all the way back to 2012. I mean, it's still a big, strong economy by comparison to other parts of the region. But uh, darn those swashbucklers, if they're still uh, buckling swashes or swashing buckles, I really don't know how piracy works. Last year, they finished number six in the regular season. This year, so far, they are without a win. And why not? Tied for the worst offense. Yuck, only getting one every other goal or every other game on average. Worst defense as well, giving up almost one and two-thirds goals per match in a league where goals kind of come as a, a premium to begin with. And then they have the worst goal differential by far by a factor of 50%. Team's current form, they have lost four straight. And now your visitors, the number one side of ASPAC, which in fact is an acronym, stands for Association Sportive du Port uh, Aton, um, Atona May. I think maybe, de Cotonou FC. They're known as the harbors in the blue and whites, and I love their crest. They get my award this episode for favorite crest on the show. They've got an anchor drawn in the foreground and how the vertical part splits the background of the crest it has depiction of uh, beach on one side and uh, the ocean water on the other. And it's quite lovely. They have won two league titles so far to their credit, 2010-2012 were the two times. uh, Number three in the regular season last year, and then they finished uh, just a little bit below average in the championship round, number 10. Uh, This year, very solid. Second best in their group in offense and defense. Tied for second best in overall goal differential. I'll be honest, they're not my favorite to win at all, but three points here on the road would go a long way towards uh, potentially proving me wrong. Team's current form, they have won five straight and only allowed a single goal over that stretch. Could you be the most meaningless match in the world? Yes, you could. You're so boring. <laughs> yes. Bonus match number two is all about serenading two teams that may not deserve it, but they're going to get the love from us. The most meaningless match in the world is comprised of two teams smack dab in the middle of their table. They're not really in danger of having to get relegated, but it doesn't look like they're going to be going to an international competition either. The most meaningless match in the world that we have selected for you comes from Scotland. This is a Tuesday match. The premiership there is the 10th ranked league in UEFA. Four teams will get European of one team will get relegated. One team, second or last place, will be in what's called a relegation playoff match. May or may not get relegated. These two teams probably don't have to worry about a thing. It's about a third of the way through, uh, a third of the way or so through the season, so things can change. But right now, it's looking like number nine Ross County and number eight Motherwell in that middling position. They're actually a little bit below average right now. They were both a touch higher than that when I first scouted this a week ago. Still going with it. Motherwell, they lead Ross County by three on goal differential yeah they're tied on points uh let's see motherwell they trail number four aberdeen by eight points that's the lowest uh, point in the table that of course marks a position of getting to go to a european tournament ross county they lead number 11 johnstone by just three points maybe not quite as meaningless as normal Series between these two has been all motherwell. they've added meeting of their own regard. 21, 8 and 12 has been their record, but they only earned a 3-3 draw at home earlier this season. All right, time for your bet noob likes. But do not love, and you'll find out why shortly. Uh, Ross County, you can get plus 150 betting them to win. That is what I would do. Just don't bet the house on it. Now, Ross County, they are known as the Staggies, and they play out of historic Ross County in a town called Dingwall, and it is truly a town, not a city in the Scottish Highlands, former eastern port, it's now a little bit further inland, population of 5,500. They have won the Division II title two different times, most recently 2018-19. Last year, they were in 11th place. That was that relegation playout position we mentioned before. Uh, This year, number 10 on offense is all. They're not even getting a goal per match on average. Uh, They've got tied for the sixth-best defense, not what I would call a true small ball team. They are giving up a goal and a half per match. Uh, I think they're a little bit more likely to slide by season's end than climb. They're only 10th best on goal differential. Key players to look for in this match. Number one in saves per 90 minutes at almost four is Ross Laidlaw. Giant. He's six foot seven. That's tall even for a goalie. He's got five clean sheets and is number four overall in league save percentage. But I think that their team MVP also on that defensive end. Center back from Wales, Ryan Lee. He is tremendous at duels and really specifically good with aerial duels. I think he was winning over three out of every four of those. That's insanely good. Maybe he's almost as tall as the goalie. I should have checked. Team's current form, their win over St. Mirren in their last match snapped a 10-match winless streak. All right, now your most meaningless fact to go with the most meaningless match. Dingwall's post office was named the UK's most improved delivery office of the year in the Royal Mail's 2021 awards. Yes, news you cannot use. All right, now Motherwell. Uh, that is also the name of the town out of which they play. I believe in Scottish it's more like Mitherwell with an I instead of an O like mother. Anyway, the town is about 15 miles southeast of Glasgow proper. has maybe 35,000 people in its borders is all, but it's contiguous with an urban area with another town called Hamilton, so they draw from a lot of areas. Uh, formerly, their nickname was Steelopolis because it was a major steel center, but that ended in the 1980s with a big strike. Now, uh, you know, the economy went south for a while, and now it's coming back with more of a service economy. A lot of call centers too. That would be interesting. I have no problem with getting uh, dealing with people call centers from india one of my favorite cultures but i think it would be so awesome if uh some of that best shoring ended up over in scotland from here in the u.s i think that would be a fun change of pace for me uh, nicknames, they are known as the Steelmen and also simply the Well. They have won one Division I title, I think long before it was called the Scottish uh, Premiership. 1931-32 was the season. Internationally, a, a couple of nice points. Twice in the Europa League, they have made the playoff round, which comes right before the group stage. Uh, 2012 was the last time they did that, best they've ever done. Last year, they finished in seventh place. This year, they're really trying on offense. They're a bit above average, uh, over one and a quarter goals per match. Worst defense in the league, though, giving up over one in two-thirds in a league where this uh, seems to be a theme for this show. Uh, Goals have been a little bit of a premium. Eighth best overall goal differential let's see key players to look for Uh, number one in goals per 90 uh, getting almost one is Mika Biereth. he is a Danish striker just 20 years old he's been getting a lot more minutes uh, since uh, earlier mid November he's on loan here from Arsenal one wonders how soon he might be able to make that move back number one in clearances per 90 defensively with over seven and a quarter is, I couldn't leave his name out, Beavis Mugabe, and maybe it's Bevis B-E-V-I-S, but uh, I'm not even going to try to do the impersonation Uh, I'll just leave that to you guys, he's from Uganda, I don't know know what a Ugandan Beavis or Butthead would sound like, but he plays center back and has made 11 national team apps for his countrymen, Uh, tied for number B in uh, conceded goals for 90, yes, they have been struggling in the net, giving up almost one and three Quarters goals per match himself, Liam Kelly. Uh, This is a guy who's been with Rangers twice, a very good club in this league, but he's never made an appearance for them, I don't believe. Team's current form, oh, they are winless in their last 11. Boy, normally these uh, forms are forms I'm used to seeing in the very last bonus match, but these two have been struggling. And as you can see, this is why I'm saying. Bet a little bit on draw Ross County, preps. This despite the fact that their last two matches, Motherwell has earned draws. And that did include an impressive 1-1 draw at undefeated Celtic. So we had the opposite, so to speak, of chronologically forward for this particular episode. And now, as always, match number 13, the third and final bonus match. Well, you're going to get the opposite of good soccer. This is the match of disappointment. And Kevin Sorbo's scorn is appropriate because these two teams are awful. They occupy the bottom two spots in their standing. The match that we have picked worldwide for you this particular time is a Tuesday match from the Premier League of... Kuwait. It is the number 20 ranked league in the AFC, so just a little bit above average. No thanks to these two sad sack bottom feeders. Uh, The last place, too, at the end of the season of these 10 teams will get relegated. They're almost halfway through the regular season, and then they will divide into championship and relegation rounds. Your matchup, can you smell it from where you are? Ugh, I hope not. Number 9, Kaitan versus number 10. Last place, Jara. Kaitan leads Jara by four points right now. Uh, They also trail number eight faha Hill by 2 on gold differential so kaitan are just barely in the relegation zone jara yeah they're they're like paying rent basically Khaitan, that is also the name of a suburb of Kuwait City, and that is where they play, as you would imagine. It's a largely residential area, about 200,000 people, uh, really known for having a lot of Egyptian expatriates there. Uh, this club is largely known as a farm team for other clubs. They don't tend to purchase a lot of uh, ready-made players, so to speak. But nevertheless, uh, we hear it uh, Noob Except no excuses. You're still here, you're disappointed, and that's the way it is. They've won the second division twice, and it's been a long time since they've even managed that. That much. 1970-71. And uh, they're equally bad on both sides of the ball. They've got the second-to-worst offense and defense defensively, woof, giving up two and a quarter goals per match. Yikes. And yet somehow they're only tied for worst on goal differential. Uh, One, uh, I don't want to say their best player, their least bad player. On the scoring leaderboard with three is uh, Wellington Carvalho. They're Brazilian. He came over uh, from uh, Division II side over in Spain called Chavez. It's not too bad. Team's current form, uh, they got a win over Sahel, and that snapped a six-match winning and three-match overall losing streak. But it should be noted that Sahel, uh, that was in their uh, FA Cup, and then it's not a Division I team. So don't be too impressed. I'm sure you're not. And now Jara. That's a city that's about 20 miles west of Kuwait. Historically, this is a very agricultural area. Uh, They are known as the Sons of the Martyrs. Uh, Portland, Seattle, you thought you had politics involved in your soccer? <laughs> Look out. Uh, they, this uh, team in this region is actually known probably even better for its fencing club. They're pretty good at that. They should just maybe dump the soccer entirely. They actually have one title in the past, but it's been a minute. It was in 1990. Uh, four different times they've won the Division II title. Last time was 2021-22, so some yo-yoing happening there happening there best international finish they've ever had was in a uh not an afc thing but arabia they tend to have a lot of their own tournaments like the uh, uh gcc the uh golf club championship yeah i think that's what it stands for in any case they won it in uh no they made the quarterfinals in 2012 14 and Fifteen, So a little bit of success. They just don't seem to be able to replicate it in league. Last year, they finished in eighth place. This year, they are winless and only even have one little tiny point, one draw somehow, somebody a pity on them. Worst offense in the league, averaging well under a goal per match, tied for number seven, but on defense, uh, giving up two plus goals per game. And they are the team, as you would imagine, that Kaitan is tied with for worst goal differential. On the scoring leaderboard for them, this is probably like a hundred percent of their offense because he's got three, and that's uh, another Brazilian, as you would guess, Rodrigo Uri. He plays midfielder for them, giving an idea of the uh, level of talent maybe at this uh, over in Kuwait, or at least in the bottom of this league. Before he was here, this guy had spent his current entire career playing for Serie D leagues in Brazil, the fourth tier, and brazil Brazilian like uh, state or provincial leagues is all, and yet you. You know, here he is, you know, leading uh, this sad, you know, group of troops. Team's current form, winless in their last 13 matches, and they have lost five straight. And thusly, being so disappointing, we will not wish them good luck nor good fortune, but rather shoo them away in our traditional fashion. It was bad. It was awful. I was Get them away. Hey, Boo. boo. And that's a wrap on episode 164 of Soccer New Rock in America, featuring Person Noob, the World Match Mini Preview Show that you should never ever miss. In fact, if you've enjoyed it, please uh, thank you for listening. First of all, and tell us, uh, you know, tell your footy-minded friends about it. We would really appreciate that. Thank you very much to my daughter for everything she contributes to the show. Mwah! Person Noob, love you very much. Uh, the management, no kisses for you, but thank you very much for all the editing and production wizardry. Until so we can do it again in a few days, have yourself a. Fabulous footy week. Take care.